Winston Churchill once said, the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Get ready to be inspired. This is the Big Fish Cares Podcast. Big Fish Cares Podcast. Whether it's business, life, financial, relationships, we're sharing stories and journeys to help inspire you to be optimistic and to take action. No matter the hurdle in life, you can do it, and we're here to help. Welcome to the Big Fish Cares Podcast, and here's your host, Benny Fisher. All right, we've got a special guest today. Females, we got females on the Big Fish Cares podcast. There's only been a couple in the show's history, and this is my friend, Jen Silver. I've met her in the same industry that I'm in, the roofing industry, but we're not going to talk about roofing today. We're going to talk about Jen because she's passionate about many things. Jen, I was going to do a big, long introduction of you, but, like, you do so many different things, so I'm just going to let you kind of, like, talk about you a little bit and tell us where you came from. Tell us how you got started. Tell us your kind of career path. Let's hear the Jen Silver story. Oh, the Jen Silver story is uh, a book, really. And it's actually going to be a really good book. But the Cliff Notes version is, um, you know, I graduated from high school and nothing that I could see myself doing in life required me to go to college. So I didn't go to college, which practically killed my parents. But um, Where are you from? Where were you born? Let's start with that. (laughs) (laughs) You do I have was, a birth. You do have a birth certificate that says like I was born in a city, right? I was born in Hahn, Germany. Hahn, Germany. Okay, so I'm assuming your parents were in the military. My dad was in the military until I was about three and a half. Okay. And then, so I'll give a quick. I lived in Germany, Orlando, Newport Beach, Riverside, California. Burlington, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Mebane, North Carolina, back to Riverside, California, back to North Carolina, back to California, Vegas, Boise, Japan, Utah. All from zero to 18? No, that's from zero to, how old am I, 42 now. All right. So where did you where did you go to high school? Like where were you living? I right went to during? three different high schools. See, that's why it's was that so like North Car- Was that like North Carolina? So I went to two in North Carolina and one in Southern California. Like, if you're a parent at home and you're a kid at home, like, I already, like, have, like, empathy. Like, I already feel, like, I have sympathy for you, actually. Oh, no. No, it was good. Like, as I look at it, it's like, man, you just kept bouncing, like, from place to place to place. How did you ever keep friends? Like, how did like how did all that work? So I think that there there's advantages and disadvantages. Oh, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. I am also incredibly resilient, naturally. And I build community and family very quickly. Do you think that's because of your upbringing, though? It's that's not, right. It's, yeah, I don't think people are born like it. I think you learned that because you consistently just kept transplanting places. Correct. And you that's had exactly to. Right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So now that we know, like, that's that, that explains your personality and why you love conferences and events and you love be bopping around the country. Like, it's just home for you. Like, that's just. It's, it's what I've always done, right? You I, can't I sit love, still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. So that's a little bit about that side. And then I, um, so I went into restaurants because I really enjoyed waiting tables and talking to people and um, became a manager at 21, a GM at 24, a district manager by 27. Then I went into retail, grocery stores, 
And um, then I ultimately married a man in the military, moved to Japan, uh, didn't work, came back to Utah, and about a year and a half into living here, we got divorced, and I had to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. And here we are. Now I'm a roofer. So, listen, don't let her kid you, folks. <laughs> She's just like, we ended up in the roofing business. That's She's true. a She's a people person. That happens to be in the roofing industry right now, but like you're a you're a really good people person. I can tell by I'm the actually career. an ambivert, right? A what? So you're an ambivert. So you're an extrovert, right? I don't and know. I guess. Introverts. <laughs> definitely huh? not an introvert. I'm definitely not an introvert. So I'm an no. Extrovert. You're an extrovert, but I do both. Like sometimes, like I, I love to be around people, but it's not necessarily where I draw my energy from. Most of my energy, I actually draw from being alone and having time to decompress. So it, it isn't as easy for me as it is for somebody that is a true extrovert that draws energy from other people. Okay. Cause I, like when I'm on the road and I'm doing that, like I'm in my zone, man. Like I am like, I'm a, I could go like at RoofCon, like, and that transform, like all these conferences, even at VCon, like I don't care where I'm at, I can go from four in the morning until two in the morning. And like, it's like, Ben, you're still the, you're the same person at 11 o'clock at night that you were at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's I can't. you get all your energy from other people. Yeah. Right? And I give a lot of energy out because a lot mm. of people talk to me or, or you know, want to have conversations or whatever. And so by the end of the day, I am drained because I get energy from alone time. They don't feed my energy back. And so I have to shut off and go hide or mm. the next day I am worthless. That's, it. That's interesting. Yeah, because me, I got to wake up and go see more people. Like, I, I know that about you. It's I gotta awesome. Go, I got to yeah. go see more people. And, like if, and, if I'm alone, somebody should check on me. <laughs> yeah. And there are people that are like that. And it's great. It's just, I think people assume that I'm that way. But in reality, I'm, I'm really not. I, well, I that's need good. to go and be alone. And and that's, why, that's why I do this podcast. Because this podcast is more about the person. And it's always nice to get to know the person. Especially someone like you that's done a lot of self-reflection. I could tell just by the things that you say, the content you put out. Um, yeah, you can just tell when people have done the work on themselves. Cause like, then it's fun to talk to them. So let's talk about the, did you have brothers, sisters growing up? Like this, I have what? one younger sister who is four and a half years younger than me. Um, she lives outside of Kansas city, which is where my mother lives as well. And her husband and then my dad lives in Oklahoma. When'd your mom and I, dad get divorced? When I was like 30. Oh, so it was like a late divorce. Yeah, it's really weird. Oh wow! Let's talk about that for a second. How does so? I my mom and dad got divorced when I was five, and I feel like most people get to. You know, that's usually when it happens, right? Like when mom and dad, you know, everyone's working, nobody can handle anything, and they just like grow apart. I th I think it's so interesting that people can be married for a long period of time. How long were they married? Thirty-one years. How does that happen? Tell me how that happens. Well, I think like. My mom had it in her head that they needed to stay married for the kids. Yeah, of course. And, that's, that's common. And I actually think it was way worse that they did. Oh, absolutely. Than had they have separated or gotten divorced when we were younger. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we were, we were always living on whether or not they were going to get divorced, not going to get yeah, divorced. Yeah, eggshells. 
Mm -hmm, Because they always spot that way. Um, I moved out at 17 as soon as I graduated. And for the same reason, it just was not a happy home, so to speak. Now, Mm. you know, I I know that there's different levels of trauma in life. And I, I understand that. And the the things that I went through maybe on a, on a big scale are not as extreme as what some people have gone through in their life, but it still had a significant impact on how I viewed myself, how I viewed men, how I, where I thought my worth was. Mm. And um, a lot of that I, I do attribute to the fact that my parents ultimately stayed married. Um, yeah. I, I, my request, I wish that my parents would have gotten divorced before I had kids. Like could, it would have been nice if they had timed it. Like, okay, the kids are their kids. My sister and I are grown up, but prior to grandkids coming, cause that becomes really weird. Like yeah. having to explain yeah. that. Um, yeah. Cause that's not dynamic. very, yeah, that's not very, uh, that doesn't happen every day, but, um, they're both, you know, they both have new partners and, we're probably a lot more uh, civil. I'm assuming they get more civil as they get divorced when they get older, right? Like well, they don't have anything to talk about. Really, well, that's what I'm saying. So, but like when you get divorced, like when you're young and you got like young kids, like it can get like you know, it can get very like. Oh yeah, it's ugly. It's a little bit more emotional. I feel like they were probably just ready to be done, and like they did it, and like do they do? Do you see them at group like out like at graduation? Like did you like your daughter just graduated from high school not that long ago, right? So like, and they, they both go- came. And yeah, that okay. was the first time I had seen my parents in the same room. Okay, how was that? It was a little weird. For you or for them? For everybody. Okay. Yeah, that is um, that is interesting. Were did they have, and they both had new they have new partners and new 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 Yes, and neither of their partners were there because okay. um they you know they had to Makes- travel out to Utah for that. Okay. Uh, I think my mom met my dad's wife for the first time, I wanna say at my something that my sister did, I feel like I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a something for one of her kids. Oh no, it was her college graduation party because she graduated from college about a year or two ago. Um, but they just because they never have to interact, they don't. So it's probably right. more awkward than one would think, mm-hmm. just because they don't have to see each other. I mean, they've been divorced ten or twelve years now, and. They probably have seen each other three or four times. Yeah. Now, how does that like make you feel as like a you know, I would say like you're still a young woman, but you're still like you know middle you're like middle aged, right? Like I don't know, I don't know what to call that. Like you're because you're interesting. Not to be a grandma. So well, that's I, I know, and that's what I want the listeners to know. She's like the same age as me, folks. Like you know, yeah. we're like we're like in our early forties, and like yeah, she's getting to be ready to grandma. I just had a baby. <laughs> why it's so weird for me um i mean my mom was a grandma at my age at 42 she had me at 20 and i was 22 when my first was born and so my daughter is almost 20 and so it it makes sense we just started younger yeah it's just a lot of people are starting way older and so i'm at one place in my life at the same age whereas my friends are at a whole nother place in their life at the same age and I don't know, like, do I just go date like a 50 year old dude or a 60 year old guy because he's at the same stage in life that I'm in? 
here's the here's the deal. I will tell you, you're in the cool place that you can do either one. You know, Gary V says and not or. Like you can literally date a 30 year old and it'd be okay, and you can date a 50 year old and it would be okay, and you can date a 40 year old and it would be like okay. Like you're at that you're at that special place now. You can do whatever the freak you want to do. So yeah, like, you know, and I think you just gotta own it. Don't worry about what other people think, you know, because I know you hang out because of the industry that we're in, you know, obviously it's more male dominated. It's more professional, you know, they, like a lot of the people, especially these corporations and stuff now that you hang out with as, as an influencer and as an industry ambassador, you know, you're hanging out with more corporate guys, you know, not necessarily just contractors all the time because contractors, yeah. we're, we're a train wreck, right? We're like contractors are a train wreck. These corporate guys, yeah, you know, they're pretty, you know, they're like LinkedIn type of people. They're pretty by the book. Um, you know, they might be judging us. I don't know, but us contractors, we're not judging each other because we all have issues. You know, um, dating is something that I struggle with from a a balance standpoint. You know, how do I make it all work Mm. from a publicity standpoint? Like I don't really want everybody involved in my personal life. Um, not that I'm ashamed of it. I just don't want to be the topic of other people's conversations. And we well, make know, that hard because you do put yourself out there a lot. I, I know that. Yeah. And so I, like you're a you're a very public figure, which I, I am. Like. I, and so and you, I'm very open about it. And when I see people date, I'm not judgmental, right? Because if you look at it, you date to find somebody, and the and you're going to end up with one person, which means. Every other relationship you ever have is going to end. So Except in Utah, though, didn't Utah like can't you have multiple people? I don't think that's the same for women. Oh, okay, never mind. All right, keep but going. Honestly, sorry, I, sorry, I, mean, I was just I trying to be. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> I can't imagine trying to entertain more than one man. Um, <laughs> you know, or take care of, or do whatever. Because I'm actually super traditional when it comes to gender roles. I'm very feminine. I so very- you're to cook, you're to cook, clean, and do laundry, and all that stuff. Oh yeah, and I want to. And you're still going to be Jen Silver, Miss like Universe, where like you're everywhere and you travel oh, yeah. and you do all that stuff too. Like, how are you going to do it all? Um, I just will because I always have, right? I still cook, clean, and do all of those things. It's just for my kids right now. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm very, very nurturing and very traditional when it comes to those things. The, the challenge is finding the right man that can understand that at daytime or one time, this is me and I'm out and I'm, you know, on stage and I'm speaking and I'm empowering and speaking to 90% men. And, you know, they have to have confidence and security in our relationship and who and in Oh, yeah, there's going to be, be a lot of selfies with guys. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be yeah. a lot of selfies well, with guys. I mean, they, they, I take a lot of pictures. People ask to take pictures with me a lot. And I mean, we can go, I, is, I just am not going to be an easy person to date. This is a, yeah, no, yeah. you're not. No, you're not. You agree. Cause like, I'm thinking about it right now for you. And I'm thinking like, all right, let's, you got let's a take, list? well, no, no, I don't know. Not people. I'm just trying to think, okay, just, just, just like with hiring in your company, you want to do the role first and then go out and find the person. Okay. So let's, let's, we can do this right now. We can now let's fig- define the, the we, we gotta fi- yeah, we gotta yeah, the ideal candidate and then you go out and market to that person. Because if you just market to people and spread it out, like you're gonna get a bunch of chaos and then that's when you're gonna go back and forth. So you gotta decide, do you want someone and you and you teach disc, you know, you, you talk a lot about the eagles and the I forget all the animals, the uh 
Fetal the, the, parrots, owls, doves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what? Because you're a you're in eagle between. Parrot. You're an eagle parrot. That's what I am too, right? Yep, you're probably parrot eagle, but yes. I'm like your I, I is I, higher than your D, isn't it? Just barely. Like I'm a hundred yeah. I and a ninety four D. Yeah, I have no, I have no S and C. I have no C. So if you guys are on, if you guys are not picking up what we're throwing down right now, we're called the disc assessment. So if you if you want more information, just look it up. All right. So do you want someone opposite of you, or do you want someone like you? I could not date a beta man. So a lower A or a lower D would not work for me because you need someone dominant. Am, you need someone dominant, right? To like keep up with your dominance, right? Yes. Yes. I need yeah. someone that I respect and admire and that can hold me accountable when I need to be held accountable. Um, so you need and, someone mature then too, though, because the emotional maturity that's going to need to come with a high D and a high I, and I'm just only talking from experience because I'm thinking about guys like me. The younger version of myself wouldn't be able to handle you. The older version of myself thinks like, oh yeah, like it's probably you know it sounds good, but I also think that there'd be lots of passion and lots of fights, right? Like with as much passion comes with like a lot of like. Uh, I'm not a fighter. So well, I'm not. Do you, do you close I'm off? Do you close? Do you, do you close off? No, I process. So I'll say, mm. hey, that triggered me, and I need to figure out why that upset me so much before I can have this conversation. Because what I think I'm mad about is probably not it. So you've been, you, you've been through some therapy then, if you said the word triggered like that. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. done a lot. I haven't been through a lot of therapy inside of. Um, actually sitting with therapists because they, this sounds probably bad, but I usually am smarter. That does and sound bad. That does sound bad. I know. Like, and I, cut, I don't know cut, how should, else should, to say it. Should we cut that off? No, no, it, no. I mean, I do a lot of reading and I understand a lot. And when I go and I know what's wrong and I want help, a lot of times therapists are there to just repeat back what you say. Mm. Like you're going to, you just need a good, something. you need a good therapist. And I've never been able to find one. And so most of the work that I've done, I've done on my own. Mm. Um, that's very good. I mean, that's very, I mean, that's good that you have that kind of awareness and that you have that kind of discipline. And I think that that tenacity, but I think that also comes, if we look back at your life, you crave that because you want to understand because you, you did bounce all over the place. You lived in a, in a home that wasn't probably the best, you know I mean? They probably didn't communicate the best. Obviously everything breaks down with communication. I think that's why yeah. you're so passionate about, Speaking about communication and emotional intelligence, you talk a lot about emotional intelligence. And yeah. when I heard you speak about that, I was like, oh, yeah, she's been putting some work in. Because I've been putting work in over the last couple of years. And so once you put the work in, you're like, oh, yeah, there's another person. that's put You can spot them like a mile away. And like I did my first emotional intelligence type of coursework when I was 19. Wow. And so it's been part of my life off and on my entire adult life. Um, and I am very passionate about it because it's not something that people are ever taught, but it is what I think truly differentiates real leadership from managers and people want to be leaders and they don't understand how to cross that barrier into being a leader and being inspirational. 
And it really comes down to emotional intelligence and understanding how you occur to other people and what what filters and, and things in their life that they listen through so that you can literally tailor and switch on a dime so that they hear you. Mm, so good. And yeah, so I'm, I am good. very, very passionate about it. All right. So we're not going to get into fights with this guy that you're dating and he's going to be a no. strong man. He's going to have a strong personality. He has to be gonna- super smart. Yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, like, you're gonna, yeah, you're either gonna, because you'll get bored with him if he's not. Yeah, because yeah, I, you guys, I you want to, you want to go deep and you want to talk about stuff and you want to be able to like keep the conversation rolling. And as soon as he checks out, you're gonna be like, all right, bored. And then you're gonna be like, oh wow, this is like, this isn't good. And you might stay with him a little bit longer than you have to. And then like, that's not good because that's what my parents did. And uh, yeah, I gotta yeah. cut you off now, right? Like, and it's gonna be this back and forth in your brain. All right, so what kind of work does he do? Do you think? So I think he has to either be self-employed or an entrepreneur because it is a mindset, right? There mm. people that have a job that they can leave are never going to understand what I do because sometimes, I mean, my phone rings or my Facebook's going off or I'm getting emails. I mean, you know what it's like until do you 11, get, do you get them at night. One o'clock in the morning, you know, never, yeah. you never, you never know. People are just, yeah, you just we're all up. When you look in Facebook Messenger, we're all active. Yeah. Well, mine's <laughs> active all the time because I leave my Facebook up. That's what I tell everybody too. Like, I'm not on there. It's just, it's just always on. I switch back and forth and check things for sure. Or once I can see that I have a ton of notifications that I need to probably go look at. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think. He would have to be at least self-employed or have understand what it's like to run a business or manage, you know, be the only person that's responsible for your income. Do you think that either one of you would get sucked into each other's entrepreneurial journeys? And like, would you guys be helping each other? Does that sound good? Like, you guys want to do the same thing together? Is that interesting to you? Do you want to coach him? Do you want him to coach you? Like, do you guys start a business together? Don't. So when you talk coaching, right? Like I don't look at partnership and coaching. Like I look at partnership from a standpoint of seeing things that your partner doesn't see and and trying to show and help them be the best version of themselves. Support. Yeah, yeah, that's support. That's what you're supposed to do. But again, yes. high level entrepreneurs get in this rat race of like constantly seeing problems and like trying to fix things. And we can come across here. I'm only telling you from experience. So like we can come across as like the therapist slash coach in the relationship. And if I, I wouldn't, I don't know what that would be like, because I've never actually been with another um, entrepreneur strong, like, like that type of mind. So like I tend to be gravitated towards women that support. Right. And like, um, because I don't think I could ever do it with, I don't think I could ever be with another strong like a dominant personality, a dominant, highly influential personality. I just feel like my personality would clash. So I love the fact that you say support each other. I think that's really good. Um, do you I think, think that, that there are ways to cross paths sometimes and have things that you're working on together that you're both passionate about? But I, you know, whether somebody is an entrepreneur or not, I think it's incredibly important that people have lives outside of each other. You know, yeah. So me and Brittany, so Brittany loves yoga and meditation and she always is trying to get me to it because I probably need to do it because like every time I do like a meditation, I do feel a thousand percent better, but it's really hard to like slow me down for like, you know, 
let alone five <laughs> minutes, like for an hour. Like, have you yeah. ever been in one of the? Have you ever been in one of those salt bath things before? Have you ever mm-hmm. done like I forget what it's called, but where uh, you float? It's like, a, like a floating spa. Yeah, the float spa. Yeah. yeah, she made me do that one time. That was like. I felt like I was being tortured. I was like, it's all pitch black in there. You're floating. It's claustrophobic a little bit because the thing comes over over your head. And uh, I was like, people do this like for pleasure? Like, I don't know. But anyway, so it is cool to have different hobbies. Like, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you do like when you're not out speaking at conferences or running a roofing company? Well, I really like to hike um, a lot. And Utah has great hiking. I also like to paint. Like, what do you paint? Is it like one of those paint and sips where like you grab the wine and you guys like go through a class or like? No, I don't uh, do well and like organize shit like that. Like <laughs> I do way better. <laughs> like, I don't want somebody to tell me how to paint. I just yeah. want to do what I want. So yeah. um, I'll like go to Michael's and just pick up little things. Like sometimes I'll do canvases. Sometimes I'll pick up ceramic things. And paint are you painting them. like landscapes? Or are you t- painting people? Like are you painting abstract? Whatever I want, whatever I feel. All right, what's the um, last painting that you did? The last painting was a ceramic um, elephant, All and right. I painted him stained glass. Interesting. He's not and done you, yet, though. Do you like doing that by your? Do you like doing that by yourself? Is that kind of like your, mm-hmm. your your alone time? Like that's the time like, to get your clarity breaks and. All right. And what do you imagine this part, this future partner of yours? What do you imagine like are his hobbies and? the stuff that he's allowed to do by himself that you don't really have any interest in? Like, what would those be? He can do whatever he wants. Cause that's not me. Um, but I don't know if he wants to go golfing or if yeah, he there wants you go. to go right. watch the ball or if he wants to, but play what if he likes, hi- what if he likes hiking and painting? And now you have somebody like then you have it, those things you can do together and you'll find something else to do. And I'll find something else to go do by myself. Like I don't, I don't, um, I really love to travel. So finding a partner that wants to travel for fun or for conferences and work. No, there's a, there's a difference. There's a, there's, a, there's a, there's a difference. Yeah. No, I've, I le- I've learned that. I thought it was going to be so much fun going from city to city, to city. Then you realize you don't actually see outside the hotel room or the ballroom that you're in. And everyone was like, Hey, how was, um, I don't know. Where have we been? Like even Orlando, we were just in Orlando. We were in Orlando twice together this year. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't get to see Mickey Mouse. Like, I got to see like the airport and the hotel. Yeah, and that it's was not. It. it isn't what people think. This it wasn't is. like Universal Studios where I got to like go hang out for a day. Like, I fly in, I do the stuff, and then I fly home. And it sounds glamorous at first, and then you realize, you know, that's what they say. They say it's not that glamorous. It's really not. No, I want to travel um, internationally. I really like culture. Yeah, you said um, you've been to Japan. You lived in Japan, or you've been to Japan? Or? I lived in Japan for four years with your husband. How long were you married for? Um, the first time I was married for two and a half years, and the second time I was married for eight. Hey, and so now we're we're getting ready to try for time number three, though, right? I don't know if I want to get married. Well, you, if you find the right guy, though. Yeah. I don't right. know if I need the paper or the contract. Well, this. Well, here's the deal. This is gonna, you're going to be able to just send them this link. Any anybody that's anybody that you, anybody that hits you up like on Match.com or Tinder, be like, Here, I've never is. been on Tinder. All right. Well, whatever. You, I don't even know the sites anymore. I'm just saying. Oh, well, I just I've never done the online dating thing. I tried. I was going to write a book about dating, um, like five years ago because I just could not understand the. Well, online maybe you dating. should because the first two didn't work out. So maybe you need to try a different method. 
No, my picker was broken. My picker was way broken. Ooh, let's talk about the picker. I like that. You call, yeah. it, the pick, you call it the picker. Yeah, the picker. The picker. Um, but before we go to that, I'm just like, you'll be able to share this link with somebody and say, here, this is me. If you're still interested, like this could be like the top of the funnel. Like, you know, they got to get past <laughs> this podcast. And then, and then what's going to happen here is. Here are like, the requirements to date me. No, I'm just I mean, they're going to get a good sense of like what you, what you're into. They're either going to fake it for a while and be able to pull that over your the wool over your eyes for a little bit, but after a while, they're not going to be able to fake it. So let's talk about the picker. So the because I'm assuming because when we're younger, we don't because we're misguided and we've been brought up in a world where it's kind of confusing and the people around us kind of really import their views on us and like, you know, our own self-limiting beliefs and all the stuff that we learn about ourselves. You know, me and you know this now, but back then. You didn't know anything, right? We're just like winging it, right? Like we're literally like shooting from the hip. So tell me why your picker was broke. Was your picker broke the, for the same reason both times or did you get, no. better, did you level up the second time and then just didn't quite level no, up right I, away? No, I, um, the, the, you know, I, I want to be conscious of what I say here because these are my children's dads and I, do you have I children have with both, do you have children with both yeah, of them? My older two are with my first husband and my second two are with my second. Um, and so I'm, you know, I, I hope that you we don't. We, yeah, we don't have to go in there. If you don't yeah, want. Let's, let's not go. I, I think in general, I had a nobody listens to this podcast anyway, just so you know. No, I, I think it's a good conversation. I just want to be transparent about, you know, at what level. Um, well, I would I would I would. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anything bad about anybody. I would just say. No, it's just focus on my picker because that's what we're going to yeah, talk about. Right? Yeah, the, and it, doesn't, the it isn't even, honestly, it, I don't even look at my ex-husbands as being the epitome of my picker broken. It was also men I dated. So I had a conversation about my self-worth and what I deserved. And I, I struggled, not at this point, but prior to, I struggled a lot with feeling like I was even deserving of love. Mm. Um, and that, you know, I, I actually looked for men that supported the fact that I wasn't lovable so that internally I could be right about that, even though that none of that was conscious mm. at all, I made decisions based around that. And I dated men that, you know, cheated on me. I dated men that treated me poorly. I dated men that you know, didn't care about me or lied to me or, you know, a variety of different things. And, um, I went, so, I went through some tough times and it's almost I, like you attracted, you, you think you like attracted like that. So like, not like consciously, but like, because of maybe what you were putting out into the world at the time based on that. And then like, it kind of just, it's almost like you're, and even it's like when you're, it's, like I, you're it's like you sabotage, it's like we sabotage ourselves. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. Even when I was in relationships that were more healthy, I would sabotage them. Mm. And it, so it wasn't always even the picker or the guy. It was really that I was broken. You know, I, mm. I joke about it being my picker, but it really all comes down to me and the decisions that I had made and have made in my life. And a lot of them, obviously, I can't say that I regret them because I love who I am and I love the way that my life has turned out. And I probably needed to go through a lot of those things, but I wish I hadn't been so cruel to myself. I wish I hadn't, I wish I had loved myself earlier in life 
and treated myself the way that I really deserved to be treated. But let me tell you this, but because you went through all that, you're going to love yourself even more. And for the next 40 years, you're going to get to experience a love that most people won't get to experience because you went through all that. And I have understanding and compassion and can help other people, right? I can see it, especially in women. And to me, that transcends like the, you know, the people that are out there just kind of like that had their picker right when they were 20 and just stay like right here. And they get, they get, they, get, they, they don't ever get to feel the full sense of like that, that full love. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So for the people that were broken, and I feel like I'm one of those people as well. And again, I didn't have some crazy traumatic childhood either, it, mm-hmm. but it was traumatic to me. Correct. You know, we all have our own trauma, right? We all suffer from our own PTSD. You know, I don't like, I don't like to say that lightly, but like at the end of the day, it's important to us, right? And we're the ones that matter. And it's it's important not to compare yourself to other people's situations because everyone's situation is unique and that's what makes you you. And once you can understand your true identity and not be attached to what other people think about you, right? Yeah. And what you what like that self confidence is gonna be that self confidence that you have now that you're you experience how long do you think you've had this new I don't want to call it like this transformation or this epiphany or like how long have you been experiencing this new love for yourself? It started when I chose my name. So wait, hold on a second. What do you mean chose your name? So when I got divorced the second time, uh-huh. I did not want to keep my married name. Um, I didn't want to go back to my maiden name and my first married name was pretty cool, but What's My cool? You, what's cool? Tell me what cool is. It was Maddox. So Jen Maddox. Oh, that is kind of, well, it's going to be, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it sounds it, like a, sounds like a, uh, it's Jen easy Maddox. to say, Yeah. right? It's, it's quick. It's easy to say. Sounds um, like a, it sounds like one of those like young influencers. Jen yeah. Maddox. She's Jen like Maddox. An Instagram girl. Um, but I didn't understand why I couldn't just have my own name. Like, why did my name have to be tied into some man somewhere? You wanted your, own, wanted, identi- you wanted your own identity. I wanted my own identity. And so, so I went through all of these different names, right? And I told my friends, I'm like, I'm going to make up my last name. And they're like, you can't do that. I go, why not? Like, why is that not a thing? And so I did research and I found out that I just had to run an ad through the paper and... Um, I paid 2,500 bucks and I went to mediation for my divorce and she's asking me what I'm going to do with my name. And I tell her the story that I had decided I was going to choose a name. I had some criteria. I didn't want to know anybody with that last name. I didn't want, um, I wanted it to be easy to say and easy to pronounce. Like it would be weird, Ben, if I went up to you, I'm like, Hey Benny, I'm going to change my last name. It's going to be Fisher. Okay. You're like, okay, stage five clinger. Like that's insane. Who does that? That's yeah, so- no, you definitely can't pick somebody that you know. Cause no, you I, don't even, I think it's weird when someone names their kid, somebody that like that, that, you know, or is in your family or like, it's like in your circle, like in somebody like names a, a child, the same name of like one that's like someone that's close to you. I think that's weird sometimes. Sometimes it depends on the situation, probably. Yeah, I know, but um, I get it. So you wanted to be unique, right? So like you're, you're you're fighting for this. How did you? So how did you come up with Silver? Is the name that you obviously chose? Right? I just I I would try on different last names, and I'd go in and I would talk to my buddies, and I'd be like, okay, what about this one? And they were like, mm, and they'd say it. They were like, mm, I don't like that. 
And when I went in with Silver, it, and I don't even remember what some of them were. Silver sounds like Maddox to me. I mean, it's very like. Just, it's catchy, right? It, and very that's clear, what I, yeah. I wanted catchy. I wanted memorable. Um, and they were like, I love it. Well, so I'm in mediation and I'm, I'm asking her, or she's asked me what I'm going to do with my last name. And I tell her, I'm like, well, I, I did this and I came up with this name. So I'm going to change it once my divorce is final legally. And she goes, that's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard. Those are her words verbatim, my mediator. Okay. And I'm like, she just said the F word. Right? <laughs> yeah, in Utah. A, she's, she's a government official in Utah. She's not, <laughs> she's not allowed to say those words. And she goes, I'm going to do you one. She goes, I'm just going to do you a favor. I'm going to slide it into your divorce paper. She goes, the judge will sign it and it will be legal. And I go, it's, it's that like, simple. And she's like, yeah. Slide it in. No so big deal. When, you know, where it says petitioner wishes to change her name or wishes to retain the name or whatever. She just put petitioner wishes to change her name to Jennifer Marie Silver. And the judge signed it, and like I can remember carrying it into the DMV, going, "Is this really going to work? Like, aren't they going to know that I'm not Jen Silver?" And then the other side of me is like, "How are they going to know? Like, what? That could have been your maiden name. It doesn't say anything anywhere that it wasn't your maiden name." So yeah, that's my official. Girls are name. girls are complicated because us guys, we know, we just we just end up sticking with the same name. I feel like our whole life, you know. I don't think it's very common that a guy changes his name. Now, Unless I did not know that Silver was Jewish. Not that it's a big deal. Did, did you know that Fisher was Jewish? I did. Yeah, but I'm not Jewish. And everybody acts, act, I'm like. You yeah. get asked all the time if you're Jewish? All the time. Then people yeah, put, I get asked all the time if I'm Jewish, too. And I did, and it's not a big deal. Except yeah. I, like, I wear it with a badge of honor. I'm like, I wish I was Jewish. I have a lot more money. That's for sure. Like, every Jewish person I know is rich. Why? And I kept going, why do people keep asking me if I'm Jewish? <laughs> and I finally asked somebody, I'm like, why, why are you asking me that? They're like, well, your last name is Jewish. And I'm like, that makes sense why I didn't know anybody in Utah with that last name, because there's not a lot of Jewish people in Utah. And yeah, you guys are all Mormons over there, right? Well, it, it's there is a large volume of Mormon people. I am not I mean, Mormon. That, well, I know um, you're not, but like, I mean, like that Utah, when I think of Utah, I think of... Mormons. I mean, that's like the, isn't that like the state? I mean, that's the state where like the, the most of them are from, right? Yeah, I would say we're at about 47% statewide now. I, but well, that's, What do you mean 47%? Like here in Pennsylvania, that's got to be like 1%, like not even 1%. Well, I'm sure. But so that's what I'm saying. So Utah is yeah. the state that's predominantly Mormon. I mean, oh, yeah. Of yeah. Like, of any like state, yes. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I, I just wanted to make sure I had the right state. I don't, you know, before I put that out in the... Which I just find it interesting, right? Like, you know, I'm sure there's history behind that, and I'm don't know all that. Don't need to go into that now. But so silver. So you got you walked out of the, the DMV. You got your you got your new ID. It said silver. Did you do your hair real pretty? You got your makeup on. Like, was it like? I a, don't. I don't think so. I think I was too terrified to even see if it would stick. How long ago did that happen? Just so I have some context. 2018. Oh, so this wasn't that long ago. Wow. So like, and then all those pictures. So like, the, my first introduction to you was, I kept seeing you on social media, and I kept seeing this like big badass image of you, like you know, like you just look like a. I think you had the tattoo like on your on your sleeve, right? And that was, was like, it there was a, that photo there was a, from the, the uh, roofing contractor magazine. Yes, yeah. yes. And you had like a shadow on your face, and I was like, oh man, I'm scared of her. Like, she was, like <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, who's this Jen Silver? Like, who is that? Like, where, like, who is she? Where did she come from? And here we now know, like, 
she literally birthed that name and then she probably like, you know, went and did a photo shoot and she like created her own image and she had her transformation day. That is exactly right. And now you've been living in this new identity and how's it been growing? Well, just like anything, there's been good days and bad days. Um, What's the biggest challenge to like shift that mindset and that identity set? Hey, I'm going to throw that old, that old me is over here. I got this new me. And for a lot of people, they don't get to do the name change. You know, they, they don't get to like sure. isolate. They don't get to isolate it and call themselves something different. You know, some people do. Like, you know, I think Kanye West changed his name and did some weird things. But like, how does it? I go mean, for I'm you? not a symbol. I could be a symbol, right? Well, I could have changed my name to a symbol. Yeah. So, so like, what's so? Tell me what the like. What are some challenges that go with that? Um, as far as like associated with the name, there's honestly not really any. Yeah, nobody, um, nobody knows until now. They're all going to know now, right? Well, I tell the story a lot. Most people think it's really awesome, right? Oh, it's that, so cool. I think it's cool as can be. Yeah. Um, so I've never really gotten any adversity around that. Um, I think the challenge comes in holding myself accountable to who I said I was going to be and the things that I wasn't going to do to myself anymore and the behaviors that I wasn't going to tolerate. And sometimes I've failed and I have to, you know, forgive myself again and clean it back up with myself and push forward. The hardest thing for me to overcome has been fear. Uh, if you think about was it, that, was that an airplane that just went by? Um, yes, I'm by the military base. Okay. I was wondering what that was. Keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. Cause I want to get, no, the you're okay. I, 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 I want to, I, I want to get, I want, I want to get, I want to get to the airplane story before I, oh, I heard the airplane yeah. come through, but you're talking about fear, right? So keep going. Um, the hardest thing for me to have overcome has been fear. You know, if you think about it from a gender bias standpoint, you have a daughter and a son now, right? Yep. Right. So, okay. So as your children grow up, you will naturally start to groom your son to not be fearful and, you know, teach him that he can handle anything. He's fine. And if you don't do it, society will do it. And unfortunately with boys, it's sometimes even kind of crude. Don't be a pussy. Don't do this. Don't do that. Man up. You don't, you know, you're not allowed to have, have fear. And it's the opposite for women. You know, we're coddled to a point of daddy's going to fix it. Daddy will look under your bed. Nobody's going to hurt you. We're not going to let anything happen to you. And so when you become a single woman and you're faced with fear and there isn't a man there to fix it, it can be paralyzing. Because you don't know how to problem solve your fear and how to break it down so granularly that it's not a fear anymore, right? But you have an unfair yeah. advantage, though, because you're an entrepreneur and a business person. I feel like you're wired that way. So, like... Oh, God, can, no. You can probably handle that, can't you? Oh, I know. I, I mean, I didn't look to become an entrepreneur. Everything happened quicker or unexpectedly. It wasn't okay. something that I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to go start a business. I'm going to go do this. It was, I worked for a company. They went out of business. I had a team. What was I going to do? My team said, let's do this type of thing. Right. It wasn't. Gotcha. It, so do you still feel like as a female and you know, I talked to Brittany about this a lot. Like, do you like, do you feel like, do you think it's, you know, do you ever read that book men are from, Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah, like, do you think that's the male's, like, responsibility to, like, look out, care, protect? Like, do you think we're innately wired like that? Because I'm sure I could talk to some people that are like, oh, no, that's that's old school. Like, you know, that doesn't matter. But I think that there's 
natural things in the genes and the chromosomes that like just naturally make us wired like that. Like like men are. Have like you hunters. read The Way of the Superior Man? No, I've read The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. No, read The Way of the Superior Man. Um, it is an excellent book on masculine, feminine energies. Um, oh yeah, Brittany talks about the energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I believe that men and women are wired traditionally a certain way, but I really think it breaks down to masculine, feminine, and not maybe so much man, woman anymore. Mm, I like that because my therapist told me that we, even me, have feminine energy mm-hmm. um, sometimes. And I can let that out, right? That's the softer that's okay. side of me. That's yeah. the feelings. That's when I want to cry, right? That's when I want to hug, right? Like it's, yeah. Yes. And, and so we, and we have to know how to balance those and then and, and let those things come out. Right. And Brittany probably has masculine tendencies as well, right? Oh, yeah. Like when she, yeah, when she gets like triggered and when she gets mad. Oh, yeah. Like, I, like I'm actually like, she's way more dominant than me in those situations. And that's, and that's what I think is the distinction. And it's understanding... That I mean, I think maybe 50 years ago or 80 years ago, women weren't allowed to behave that way, and men weren't allowed to behave. Right. That way. Yeah. So and we grew were, up in a society like that, and our parents were wired like that. So then now we're wired like that. But now I feel like there's this shift happening where there's so much education, and people like me and you are saying like, we're going to stop this insanity. We're going to go figure out like why we're like the way we are and we're going to go start living our true identity and then we're going to like start teaching our kids at a younger age before they get too screwed up we're going to start teaching them younger do you feel like that yeah, we're like, going to screw them up differently yeah we're going to yeah, yeah, okay like, I, want, I want to go into that because you have four kids right i do yeah and like what's the age ranges uh almost 22 10 22 to 10 so and again you had this transformational four years ago really to where like okay so now you know, your 22-year-old, I mean, she's pretty much probably set in her ways a lot of the, a lot of the ways. She's so almost 20. So it's, 20 it's, and then to oh, 10. Oh, 20 and 10. All right. Sorry. Yeah. 22. No, that's 10. okay. 22, 10. All right. So either way, though, you have a lot more. You, you can you can mold the 10-year-old more than you can mold the 20-year-old right now, right? I mean, is that fair to say? I mean, that's just logic, right? Like, yeah. Because, all right, so how do you start making a difference now? What are the things that you're going to tell the 10-year-old you? Your 10-year-old, is it your daughter or son? A daughter. Daughter. So even better, right? Ten-year-old female, what are you going to do now that you know what you know now, and how are you going to change that? How is it going to be different? How will she be a, have a better life for it? Well, I teach her to walk through her fear. Like if she comes and says, hey, I'm afraid, I'm like, well, what are you afraid of? This. Okay, well, what about that scares you? And then I, well, what does that mean? Well, what's going to happen then, right? And I break it all the way down until she can get to a place that she's, what she's actually afraid of is nothing, right? Or is not realistic or the likelihood of it ever happening is so slim. But I'm sure I screwed her up in other ways. Like, I I think as parents, we don't intentionally do or say things that leave impressions on our kids. But the, but we are going to lead those. And it's, I think what the best thing that we can do is just be responsible for them when they come and say, Hey, you know, this happened when I was six and you, I came in and you got really mad at me for this and this. And I'm like, Oh, that was not what was going on in my world. Right. Yeah. You probably, yeah. And half, the time, probably even rem- half the time, I don't, it probably wouldn't even remember. And 
I can't get any. I can't get my eight year old to say anything to me. That's like I can't. He has no. I think he's still too young. Like I was like, cause I'm very conscientious. Like, all right, how do I not screw him up? How do I not screw him up? How do I not? How do I not? Even that alone I, is going to screw him up. I know, I know, but like I, I mean, think that's that, what I mean. Like, I think it's, just, I think it's, I think it's important that we teach them how to ask really good questions and communicate over communicate. If you, I think if we can teach them to over communicate. Because they're going to be screwed up one way or the other, right? You're, they're, they're, you know, there's balance. There's like positive and negative to everything. So I think if we can teach them to ask really good questions and, and just keep over communicating, we can at least shed more light on it. Because I feel like when we break, shut down communication and we go into our internal self, uh, even as a child or as an adult, that it could be, uh, you know, we can be our own worst enemy, and then that can just spiral out of control and make things way worse. It depends on what you mean, I think, in my opinion, by over-communicate. Like, for me, I teach my kids to process before they communicate. Don't react out of emotion. Don't yell and scream. Sure, like, but, like, minutes, yeah, right? but not but not be so – but I mean over-communicate. Like, okay, like, so, like, once you, like, if you have something to say and, like, you have a question and you're not sure about something, actually say it instead of just holding it in, like, for forever because – I mean, it's we. Were, I was grow, I was I was brought up and we didn't really like. It wasn't like they said don't talk about your feelings, but nobody talked kids about. Kids are their seen feelings. and not heard, and yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I got. Oh yeah. The kids are seen and not heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We must have like. I think we all grew up in the same generation, but. We so did. what do you think? Um, so what do you what do you tell the the oldest? Is it a daughter too? Right, the oldest one mm-hmm. is a daughter. So the yeah, oldest one when you, when you had this. When you had this transformation, you're like, I'm going to be silver. Like, you know, and this girl, she's like, you know, very adolescent, you know, very like, you know, 16, you know what I mean? Like, she's very, very mature, I'm sure. Like, how do you like, what, what's that conversation? Like, oh, hey, what's up, girl? Like, I'm going to change my name to silver. What do you think? Well, I talked to my kids, the, my older ones, um, about it at the time. And, you know, they were very, very supportive and thought it was awesome and it made a lot of sense to them as to why I wanted to do what I did and, you know, why the thought process around it. And so they've always been, been very supportive. Both my two older ones were. Well, don't, do you find that kids are very resilient and kids are very like, depending on how you position it, like kids are down for whatever. Pretty much. I like that about kids. I still like think I'm a kid. I can I'm- see that. I'm kind of like down for whatever. So like, I, can, I, feel, I can see that. I feel like I got to be like the best dad ever. Cause like, I don't know. I'm just a big kid. So, um, I still can't believe you have a grandbaby coming. When's that due? He will, he, she is due February 6th. So I'm having a grandson. Grandson. Um, wow. My guess is she will have him towards the end of January. We got to start doing some grandma silver content. It even sounds bad. It does. Well, because it's going to be hard to get a boyfriend. It's going to be hard to get a younger boyfriend. Thank you. Hey, thank muscle. you for telling me it's going to be hard to get it's a boyfriend. Well, it, no, no, a younger, a younger. Remember, I said 30, 40, 50. I'm going to, I'm going to take thirty year olds off the table. They, they definitely won't want to date grandmas. It's not that they, well, the weird ones will. The ones that think it's kinky. Well, <laughs> no, and I, I have no, I have no desire to be somebody's <laughs> fantasy or joke. yeah, like yeah. No. So I think I think as long as you rock with like yeah, I mean obviously I'm assuming that you you're not going to have any more children, right? I can't. Huh? Okay, so then yeah, you're probably going to find yeah. I would say you want to stick to four because you're going to need someone more mature. A guy, most men aren't. We're not that mature. Um, 
the, the single ones are single for a reason, I would say. How old is too old? What did the light just come from? Did it just I like get... I, just, I don't know. Maybe God's trying to tell you something. That's <laughs> <Maybe>. really weird. <laughs> Uh, how old's too old? I mean, that's up yeah. to you. Like, how how old do you think is too old for you? Like, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. Do you, are you friends with that? Do you have any friends that are like you know fifty, like fifty, sixty? Oh, yeah. that you think like oh, like I could like yeah, like I will say men um, men have a little bit more energy. Like older men like have a little more energy to keep up with a younger woman. I feel like so. I think that that's not going to be a problem. I think that you. I think if you really want someone dominant, entrepreneurial. Um, I would confident. say confident like that. Like they gotta be, they've gotta been around the block, right? They've got like, they have to kind of have like, you know, they probably went through a divorce or two. I bet you this is something that you're looking for. Um, so that way they can empathize with the situation. They know that they've been through a transformation process. Right. So to kind of tie all this up, I mean, I think, yeah, you're probably looking for someone, you know, between 40 and 55 and, uh, Someone that's got uh, their, they probably got kids as similar to you do. They, they probably, you know, you split time with your kids or do you have them all the time or how's that work? My, so my oldest um, lives with her fiance in Salt Lake. My she's, all, second, she's really all grown up, gone. Yeah. Yeah. My second daughter um, lives with me full time. And then my younger two, I share 50 50 week on week off, which is why I'm able to travel on the times I don't have them. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you're going to need somebody that can, like, you know, juggle all that. Someone that's not very needy, that doesn't need a lot of attention, right, that's confident in themselves. But someone that's still going to be loyal, though, and somebody that's still going to be supportive and, like, not get, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, you got your work cut out. The filtration, you have a lot more filters. <laughs> like, so, like, when you're clicking all the boxes, like, on, you know, whatever the dating site is that you that you try to go onto, I know you I haven't just, done it. I can't get I know, but, here, but, but here's the issue, though. It's a numbers game because, right, we're finding a needle in a haystack. You know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. so you need mass – you need a mass funnel to, to filter out because even with, like, online, you're still only going to get, like, a good handful of quality candidates. First of all, you're going to have to put them through this podcast. Then you're going to have to actually go on a date with them. I'm right? going to make them – I'm going to make everybody that I potentially could date go through a podcast with you to interview. That would be fun. No, 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 not me. They're just going to listen oh. to this one back to make sure that they – because I feel like you've been pretty authentic and you've been pretty yourself. And I've heard some of these stories, but it was nice to get, like, it all out in one hour. And, yeah, uh, I'm, I am pretty much an open book. If anybody wants to know something about me, I'm going to tell them. I don't have anything to hide. I have shit that I've done that yeah. I don't love, but I'll own it. See, I thought I was getting exclusive content, but I know I'm not. So, you know, it's, well, it's all you good. are because you've asked me some questions that nobody else has ever asked me. I've never talked about dating on a podcast. How many podcasts have you been on? <sighs> I don't know. It's 50. That's because most of the podcasts, they want to be chubby. They want to prove it how businessy they are and how, like, you know, like. Not all of them. Like, some of them are more personal. It's just not. People probably don't know whether or not that's an okay conversation. Yeah, well, see me. I just ask, and if you tell me no, see you have enough maturity and boundaries to be. Oh, Ben, I don't feel like going there right now. Mm -hmm. You could do that. I would if that's how I felt. So that's a bit, that's about it. I feel like that's good. Is there anything else you want to cover? Anything else that you think we should get out there? And make sure that we uh, we're, we're well understood. I mean, it's... so from a business side, I am uh, doing a bunch of financial classes for business owners teaching them how to understand their numbers and budget oh. and 
you know, understand their break even versus what they're going to do from a markup standpoint and how volume and break even and markup can all intertwine and make a choice on what type of customer, what type of pricing structure they want to have. How's so that? Is that small groups? Super awesome. Huh? Is that small group workshops? Is that like consistent yeah, I'm doing coaching? Them virtually. Or? No, I'm doing them virtually. I, uh, I did one this week. I've got another one scheduled in December and one in January. And they're like, so like multiple people can attend like this workshop. Huh? And, and I break, like I do group lessons and then I put them in breakout rooms with their individual companies. And then I kind of jump between breakout rooms and answer questions and stuff. So, Wow. That's really needed. I mean, no, yeah, that's good. It's I, they, the people that uh, attended the class this week, I mean, it was my very first one. I've been talking about doing it, said it was incredibly beneficial and necessary for their business. And they learned stuff that they'd never even thought of. Well, that's what I liked about the one industry, one model tour that uh, you put together this past summer, um, which I had a chance to be a part of. Thank you for that. Absolutely. I know that like there was the tax tax people that would get up and talk and that, that was always super informative then like Connor Rodich would get up and like, you know, he would go boom, 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 boom. And like, you know, he's trying to cram it all in in an hour. So I'm sure you're probably trying to go deeper on some of that stuff. Cause oh, we, we need, yeah, we got, we got to go deeper. Cause at the end of the day, like it's cool to like know about some of that stuff. But when you get back home, you're like, man, that's overwhelming. And then like, what do I do with it? Right. How well, well, well yeah. Guys like me just want to like throw that in a ball and let's go sell more stuff. Right. And like add more stress to the system. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yep. which is not the healthy way to do it. So that's glad. I'm glad that you're, you're putting out more education in the roofing industry. I know you got one more, uh, one industry, one model. It's in Salt Lake city. It's going to be what? January 18th and 19th. Right 18th before and 19th. Yeah, so that's cool. And people can go to what one industry one model dot com and, uh, and register for that. Yeah, get some tickets for that. And I know you're a speaker on the GAF uh, tour. You do a lot of GAF events. What else you got going on? Um, I'm doing some private consulting for some vendors in the space and some speaking around that. Uh, I've done some other um, other manufacturing speak and other manufacturers speaking events. I've got. I mean, I my calendar's booked all the way through March. Nice. So I a lot of it is GAF because they're going to have all their expos early in yeah. the spring. Yeah. And are those you, are, are going to be great. Are you going to go to all the expos? I can't. Some of them are on the same day. Oh, um, are they? Gotcha. Yeah. Like Minneapolis and Northern California, I believe, are the same day. And Northern California booked me first. You come so, to the, You coming to the Northeast? I don't know when that one is. is where's, I, don't, where, I don't know. I don't know. They either have it usually in Atlantic City or Mohegan Sun, but I don't know. So I've been working with a couple TMs up in, like, upstate New York area on developing some material for contractors. So I know that I will be out there probably into first quarter, beginning of second quarter um, to do some work. So What's one thing out there that you don't talk about, that you don't teach on, that you think would be really valuable for contractors to know more information, that you wish there was more information on? So I touched on asset protection in my finance class, right? And I don't know enough to deep dive into it and how you should set up a corporate structure for asset protection, like whether or not your asset protection company should be a C-Corp so that it is, you know, completely a standalone entity, even though it's going to have a double taxation. And I understand that. Is it protected more as a C-Corp than it would be as an S-Corp or an LLC? 
because I. Well, that's for the attorneys, man. Like, didn't did you get your? I saw your girl Kaluchi. Yeah, you asked. Like, yeah, what no, is no. Uh, yeah, that's good. And how about something? Pro, how about something more practical for like a contractor? Like, you don't think I, asset protection? See, I think that's so. Yeah, practical. but but it's not like for not for the contractors here. I, the contractors that need the most help are the guys doing a million dollars to probably five million to ten million dollars. And I think that but those are exactly the ones that are going to that high have the risk of going bankrupt. And if all of their assets, like their vehicles and everything is in an asset protected company and they yep. lease it. Yeah, I hear you. But it's still you go to if they if they have if they're making payments on that, most banks aren't giving them a loan without signing their personal name to it anyway. So. Yes, I understand that. So because of that, is it really protected because you're still on the hook for it? Depends on how you file bankruptcy. But anyways. We're talking about the negative side of things. I'm talking about how to grow businesses. Okay. No, no, no. I was just saying that's why I think asset protection is more Gotcha. Than what about like what about like what about like sales, marketing, leadership, organization, how to grow? Like what where do you think that because there's so many gurus out there right now and there's so many people training and teaching. What do you think is what do you think there's a lot of misinformation about that you wish there was more clarity on? marketing like where your marketing budget should really go right like you have all everybody's coming in oh digital oh seo oh this but who actually goes in and says this is a reasonable seo budget this is a reasonable budget for ads this is how much you should be spending on your social media digital marketing this is how much you should be doing in canvassing this is how much you should be doing in networking events like Nobody really breaks it down from that standpoint. Okay. And I know why, but it's because every business owner is unique and they all have a different set of strengths. I agree. And, de and depending on those. You tell them where to start to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you like, give them a gauge? Mm-hmm. I like that. I think Tim Brown actually tried to make a post about, like, you know, all the different little buckets and, like, try to put percentages around them, but... I like and that. he's excellent when it comes to like website stuff. But well, when yeah, because like, no, he, he, he was blown away because we did one of those walking talks yesterday when I was in Minneapolis because mm -hmm. I don't really I, don't, I never went down the SEO wagon. Um, I built my brand the old fashioned way and then people just Google search me now. Yeah, um, that's what I did, too. By name. Um, so but I'm going to be doing the SEO thing. But for I think that's why I think it's different for every business, depending on what their personality is and what they're actually good at naturally themselves. Like for me, it was like creating a, a the old-fashioned brand of great customer service and referrals and brand recognition, and then you tie it together with like hard work. Or like if you're a super smart guy and you're going to be more hands-off, you're not going to be in the trenches and you want to try to run the business digitally, like you know you can do that too. Um, you know, it's can you do both? Yeah, you can do both. But I think every founder entrepreneur has a set of strengths. And whatever those are, because that's organic, that's like you don't have to spend that much money to get that type of, you know, uh, action. Because when you're starting a business, the last thing you want to do is spend, overspend on marketing that, you know, is going to be coming that's exactly in, what I it's, think. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come into a, a system that, first of all, you don't even have all the smoothest systems and processes anyway. So a lot of that stuff's going to get wasted anyway. Um, and that's why I don't, I'm not a big fan of overspending on marketing in the early days. Because you're still trying to figure out your sales process, your operations process. And like until those are solved, I mean, you could be wasting a lot of money on lead generation. But listen, I could nerd out all day about marketing. But I appreciate, I appreciate you being here. I also want to probably um, 
have you back on in another year um, because I know you got some other bigger plans for the future future. Uh, we, could talk, we, we could do a whole podcast on that, uh, about your plans for education at the macro level, not just in the industry that we're in. Um, but I ask every guest five questions. It's kind of rapid fire. Imagine you're on an island by yourself, okay? You have to go there, and you're going to have to be there by yourself for forever. What book are you going to take with you? You're allowed to take one book with you. Hmm. Probably the four agreements. Mm, four agreements like that. Think of the think of the second or third one out of forty that said that. Uh, all right, you'll have to take one movie with you. Tombstone. Tombstone. Hey, listen, uh, potential boyfriends, if you're watching Tombstone, all right. So hopefully, hopefully you can get yourself some Tombstone. All right, what restaurant are you putting on that island? Where could where could you where do you love to eat at? It could be famous, not famous. It would have it be, to be a really good sushi restaurant. Okay, what's your favorite? What's your go to? Like, do you have a go to where you live, or do you have a go to when you're out of town somewhere? Or? We'll go with Takashi. Is that in Utah? It is, just Takashi. because it's at top of mind. And let me ask you a question about Takashi because I'm a big sushi person, like big. If you're ever in Pittsburgh, I'll take you to, I think, the, probably the best, one of the best sushi restaurants around. Is it like, on the on the dollar-wise, is it like on a 1 to 10, like price-wise, like where is it on the 0 to 10? Like where Nobu is like a 10? 7, 8. So, okay. All right. So it's not crazy. But it's pretty good for a local spot. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, you're allowed to go on one vacation. You're allowed to go anywhere in the world for a week. Where do you go? And I'm on an island. Or whatever you can, you just just pretend like you're by yeah sure you're on an island where do you go? I would probably go. It could be a mountainous island. It could be a mountainous island though. Like you know what I mean? Like there's okay, gonna be I mountains would, on your island and there's gonna be a beach on your island. And but, I'm by myself. Yeah, you're by yourself. I'd, I'd go on a family vacation somewhere. I'd see my family one time a year. All right, so take the people out of it. We're talking about landscape, people, surrounding, but not your personal people. Like, like what? Like what culture do you want to go I'd, see? Like, where, I'd go to the farm and go fishing and ride horses. What, what? What state? Iowa. Iowa. Have you ever been to a farm in Iowa? Yeah, my grandparents lived there, and I grew up there. That's and cool. My summers, I spent all my summers on my grandparents' farm. Man, you've been everywhere. I mean, I think I could do twenty-five podcasts with you. You probably could. I feel like you have that much inside of you to, to, to share. All right, last question is always the toughest one. You're allowed, you have 24 hours. You're allowed to spend it with one person. Who are, you, who are you flying in for the day? It could be famous. It could be a celebrity. It could be someone that's been dead for 300 years. Can it be, it can be um, anybody you want? God or Jesus. There you go. Jesus Christ. Very interesting. You're a very interesting human, Jen Silver. The other one would be maybe my five-year-old self, and it's a close, it's a close Ooh. one. Just because you want to love on her. I want to know what I was like before my self-limiting beliefs. What did I think was possible? Mm. So those. Remind, those two remind are me the next time that I see you in person. Remind me about that thing because I want to tell you about. I I always think about I think about me when I was five to seven to eight, and I think I still that's why I still act like I still like have that that that, that imagination uh -huh. and that like 
that like just that, that's why I'm like so positive all the time and I'm so optimistic because like I've just never it's never left me. Now it's I've gotten beaten up along the way. Yeah. But like for me, like yeah, I want to talk to you about that because it's uh, it's interesting because once you can find that and you can keep that with you, oh, it's life is. I bet that's awesome. Life's fun. I really appreciate you being here. How can someone get a hold of you? What's what's a good email address or a good social handle um, to follow you? If you, you go at? to my website, which is jensilver.co, you'll have access to all my social media and uh, my email, and I think everything's on there. So that's the jensilver.co. Yep. There was no jensilver.com? She is an author or put a book out at some point and it's taken, so I couldn't. Wait, get so there's another Jen Silver out there? There is. Yep. Man, better ask her. You better send her a letter see if she can change her name. I figure here in another couple years, I might be able to buy the domain. That's good. Well, listen, I appreciate you being here, and uh, you keep doing great things for the world, all right? Thanks, Ben. Talk to you soon. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Big Fish Cares podcast. It's our passion to help share stories and journeys, to help inspire optimism, to take action and accomplish your goals. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on the website at www.thebigfishcares.com. Find us on Facebook at The Big Fish Cares and on Instagram at bigfish.benny. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.